Thanks for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat, your weekly update on all things Stacks. My name is Gina Abrams, and I'm joined by Muni Bali, Stacks founder. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin, and Stacks mainnet launched exactly one year ago. Thanks so much for being here, Muneeb, and thanks to all the community members who send questions our way. Please keep those coming. Um, as we mentioned before, this video is coming out on Stax's birthday, and we're seeing a ton of growing interest and excitement for Stax. There are a ton of projects that are hiring also and, and new folks joining. Um, Monique, from your perspective, what are some of the top reason folks are drawn to this movement of smart contracts and apps for Bitcoin? Um, and what's the opportunity ahead here? Yeah, I think it's amazing that uh, one year has passed and so much has happened in the, in the last one year. It's been a roller coaster. I do think in terms of like people getting attracted uh, to stacks, it's probably because we are working on something very fundamental and very foundational. Like if you look at Bitcoin and you look at the sound money arguments, like that is something that can just like change society, right? And, and if you look at Bitcoin, uh, it's a very pure project, right? It's, um, it's like truly decentralized, it's truly open source. And you have people who absolutely believe in it, right? Like they're, it's, it's one of those things where uh, people who are working on Bitcoin, who are, who are trying to expand the Bitcoin economy, they truly believe that they're making society a better place, uh, making this world a better place by working on this thing, right? So I think that that sense of like Bitcoin is fundamental and Stacks is actually unlocking such superpowers around Bitcoin that in, that in many ways, like maybe should have been there even before. Uh, but in, in some sense, like sometimes I talk to these Bitcoiners and I get a sense that people think really long-term in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And I think that is something that uh, reflects on the work that Stacks is doing as well, because some of the challenges that we are trying to solve, uh, there have been solutions that in many ways, Bitcoiners have been very patiently waiting for those solutions. If you look at like, you know, the concepts of side chains, like I think they came out of maybe like five years ago or something. Or even if you look at Lightning, Lightning has been developed for five plus years. And Bitcoiners are very patient and they, they know that eventually the Bitcoin economy will unlock and you will be able to do really interesting things with Bitcoin. And what Stacks has done is the kind of benefits that they were hoping for from things like sidechains that haven't yet materialized, uh, Stacks is actually making that happen now, today. So I think that's very exciting and, and that attracts a lot of attention from people. Excellent, thank you. Now, Stax's unique connection to Bitcoin has been demonstrated a few ways this past week. Um, and so Lightning Decentralized Swaps to Stax recently went live. Um, this is a project by Pseudozac, a community member. Um, and we also saw NFTs purchasable via Lightning on Stax NFT last week. Um, what does this mean for the future of Bitcoin and Lightning applications? This was this was absolutely amazing to see, right? Like because uh, when I saw this, like the first thought that came to mind was the power of community and power of open source. Like imagine how much um, hype and attention NFTs get, right? Like there are all sorts of NFT companies raising money at insane valuations, and over here, here's a single developer. Uh, who is working with open source technology, like all, with Lightning and with, with some of the, the toolings and stacks and has enabled connectivity between Lightning and Bitcoin NFTs, right? And that is a major, major unlock. Bitcoin is by far the largest crypto capital 
NFTs are one of the rapidly growing markets within, within the crypto industry. And now you're basically enabling NFT purchases through Bitcoin. Right? And, and Lightning in some ways is a, is a better, easier way of using Bitcoin, right? Like you, it's faster, it's cheaper, and you're directly connecting that. And it came like completely organically in the community, right? Like people, people could build like entire startups around, the, around these things or raise like a ton of capital. And I think some, some people might, but it's amazing to see that so much innovation is organically happening in our ecosystem. And I don't think that people even realize how big of a deal it is. Like right now, very few people know about it. Um, even in the Bitcoin circles, I don't think a lot of people realize this. And I think this is definitely something um, that will attract a lot of eyeballs, that will attract a lot of attention because it's something very fundamental. Like you're, you're, you're unlocking pure Bitcoin capital and liquidity uh, directly with NFTs. And it's not just NFTs, like, you know, it's super easy to extend it. And I think this functionality is probably already there, although the liquidity is probably not enough right now to stable coins, right? Imagine that uh, taking your BTC and converting it into a stable coin in a completely decentralized and KYC free manner is a dream of Bitcoiners. And the future is kind of like already here. They, they, they just don't know about it yet. Great. Well, we'll share more information down below. So check out those links. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of movement toward Bitcoin DAOs on stacks. Can you give a little more background on DAOs and how they differ on stacks versus other smart contract platforms? Yeah, so I think the idea of DAOs uh, has been around for, for a long time. And some people think of them as almost like decentralized autonomous organizations. It's a little bit like, hey, you don't have a company and this is like automated entity is, is trying to do uh, things that a typical company would do. And I feel like there has been a revival in interest in DAOs. And this time people are thinking of them as more like decentralized uh, automated organizations. Meaning that instead of thinking that, hey, this is some, some sort of like an AI or something, right? That, that just lives on itself and people are working for it. I don't, I don't think that's what, what, what DAOs look like, but they effectively automate certain tasks and they make it easy for people to come together, pool in capital for a cause, uh, make it very transparent uh, uh, in terms of like the decision-making that happens and how that capital gets allocated. So it's really like, think of DAOs as like a, uh, almost like a community tool that makes it easy for people to uh, come together around capital and form capital and collectively take action with that capital. And I think, again, when you take that lens, like what's the biggest capital base in crypto? Like it's Bitcoin, right? So it makes intuitive sense that you would want to enable Bitcoin DAOs and, and, and do that in a way that Bitcoin becomes programmable. So right now, uh, you know, the way I would probably do it right now uh, given the tooling that's currently live, is uh, do a swap from BDC into something like XBDC, which is a which is a uh, Bitcoin derived asset that is issued in a custodial way, but you can swap into it freely, and then use XBDC as the asset that is governed by the DAO smart contract, right? So you have a BTC derived asset sitting on your balance sheet, and then people can do interesting things with it, right? And then I think that's very very exciting because now your balance sheet is going up and down with the price movements of Bitcoin, right? So Bitcoin appreciates a lot, the DAO now has like a, like a lot more capital. Great, thank you. And 
One thing I wanted to ask about was how do you distinguish between Bitcoin staying on the main chain versus a peg in or out setup? Um, and can you elaborate a little bit more of the functionality on how the Stacks main chain can hold Bitcoin on the main chain? Yeah, so I think this is one of those fundamental things. Uh, I mentioned like these ideas around side chains early on, uh, where the main kind of like, you know, motivation behind that was, uh, okay, Bitcoin is not programmable or not really programmable. Bitcoin script is very limited on the main chain and maybe, uh, maybe fees are high or, you know, the speeds are, are slow. So maybe there's a way to move Bitcoin to a side chain and then use it there. And maybe it's more programmable on the side chain and then bring it back in a trustless manner. That has been kind of like the motivation and dream behind side chains. There are a lot of technical challenges there. Most of the challenges are uh, pegging in Bitcoin is relatively easy from a technical perspective because the side chain uh, can look at Bitcoin for that information. But pegging out, meaning that you're bringing Bitcoin back is the hard technical challenge because in, in on that path, the Bitcoin chain has to look for information in the side chain. And Bitcoin, you can't really modify. If you could modify Bitcoin, then that's, that's a very easy problem to solve. But we all know that you can't really modify Bitcoin. So the peg out is always the hard part in side chains. And if you look at it realistically, yes, there has been some theoretical progress and there are some smaller projects like still making some progress there. But practically speaking, side chains don't really exist, right? Uh, most of the things that people call side chains are networks like Liquid, which are kind of like it's a federated network, right? There is a custodial in the middle who is doing the peg out uh, and, and you're trusting the, the custodian of the multi-sig wallet, um, in this case, Blockstream for, for Liquid for getting the peg out, right? So the theoretical idea of like, hey, you could just do it in a completely trustless decentralized way hasn't really been implemented or, or all of the details sorted out. I think there is a chance that stacks can actually crack that nut because our POX consensus in a way does solve that, uh, uh, that problem where state on the stack side is impacting uh, Bitcoin transactions. If you look at how the POX mining rewards are being paid out, it's really state on the stack side is incentivizing miners on the Bitcoin side to send BTC payments to the correct addresses. And then that gets verified uh, through consensus, right? So I think this might be a potential solution to the peg out problem, but uh, there are some people who are doing more R&D work uh, on this particular thing uh, currently. But that doesn't mean that, hey, we have to wait for like this hard technical challenge to get solved before we can do meaningful things. And, and maybe let me switch back to the difference between the peg in, peg in out system versus just Bitcoin on the main chain. Let's say even if you solve the peg out problem completely in a trustless manner, when you're locking BDC and you're sending BDC into the sidechain or into a programming layer like Stacks, you're you're you are kind of like not on Bitcoin at that point, right? Like you you are using the programming stack or the trust assumptions of the of the sidechain until you are able to peg out because there is some chance that something horrible happens and you're never able to peg out or something like that. So there's always a, always a risk of taking Bitcoin somewhere. Like if you're taking Bitcoin to Ethereum through wrapped BTC, you're trusting the custodian in the middle, right? Or, or whatever method, there are some more trust minimized ways of moving BTC as well. But I would argue 
that all of those methods are always inferior to just keeping BTC on the main chain. Because if your Bitcoin remains on the main chain, then it is secured by Bitcoin miners, by Nakamoto consensus on the main chain. And that is the most secure, most decentralized way of keeping your Bitcoin. That's why I think one of the big part uh, of Stacks applications is like, can we just have applications where you don't even need to move BTC? Like, let's take a lending application. You could construct a lending application where first either you peg in BTC, get some other asset, and then that is the asset that you're lending. And then at some point you want to bring, do the reverse conversion and come back to BTC. Or you could construct your application in a way that people are just lending BTC on the main chain and only the collateral is on the stack side. That actually is much simpler uh, because you're removing so much complexity and, and steps from, from the application and, and you're just directly working with Bitcoin. And I think Stacks makes that possible because of the cross-chain consensus that we have and Stacks contracts are always watching the, the Bitcoin chain and they can, they can react to it. So I do think that that's, uh, I, I think there should be progress made on both of these fronts and different ways of getting BTC uh, uh, derived assets on stacks. Like for example, right now we have a custodian asset, XBDC. I think there could be another one like YBDC where uh, it's, uh, it's basically where there is collateral that is minting the derived assets. It's a little bit like USDA through Arcadico, but you put up collateral and you mint a BTC uh, pegged asset. I think that's useful because there are some people who don't wanna go through the custodian and they would just rather use the other assets. So these, these are different types of Bitcoin derived assets and the peg in peg out asset would be another form. Uh, but as much as we can just do things with Bitcoin directly or, or lightning, I think that's, that's just a different kind of like uh, design space. And it's, it's very, very new and it's, it's very exciting. Great, thank you. Now, the Electric Capital Developer Report came out recently that cited active developers in Web3, including Bitcoin and Lightning. Um, are there any plans in the Stacks ecosystem to contribute to Bitcoin core development? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think um, we are a very kind of like developer-driven type of an ecosystem. So I think that was a bittersweet type of a report, right? In the sense that in one sense, Stacks is like, you know, the only Bitcoin project that is mentioned there. So you could be like, oh, look, you know, Stacks, Stacks is doing great work. I do think that there are other Bitcoin projects whose contributions were just getting added up uh, within the Bitcoin category. So Stacks had something like 120 monthly active devs and Bitcoin had something like 680. But overall, I think the bigger lesson to me was that both the numbers for Bitcoin and Stacks are relatively on the lower side right now. And Stacks is sure only a year old and, and, and we're growing. And I think we can, we can, uh, we're seeing a ton more developers come in, but it was a little bit of a um, disappointment to look at the Bitcoin numbers, right? Ethereum is something like 4,000 developers, even newer projects like Solana are something like 900 developers, right? And I think, I think this is what I mean by uh, the report should be a wake-up call to a lot of people in Bitcoin that fundamentally Bitcoin is a technology, right? And you want, and it's an open source project, and, and you want to attract tons of developers to it, right? And you think of it this way, that TCP IP was a protocol, but it only became widely spread across the world because developers built like a ton of things on top. All these websites, all these different services, they use TCP IP. Right. 
you should think of Bitcoin the similar way. If we want Bitcoin to become the reserve currency of the world, if you want Bitcoin to just totally dominate in the, in the crypto industry, you need tons of developers who are building all sorts of interesting things with Bitcoin. So the Bitcoin kind of like becomes the standard. Like if you're a developer and you want to do interesting things in crypto, you're like, oh, of course I'm going to do it in Bitcoin because that's where all the developers are, right? And I do think Bitcoin is lagging there. Stacks is kind of like the shining star within, within the Bitcoin ecosystem. And I think obviously uh, I'm very confident that Stacks will continue to attract more developers, but I think it's time that we take it to the broader Bitcoin ecosystem as well. Uh, like some of the uh, works that I'm involved with, like we might even hire Bitcoin core developers. We might contribute more to development of other technologies like Lightning and so on. Because I think our mindset is we wanna grow together with the Bitcoin economy, right? Like I, I, I think I would want to be as friendly as possible to every single Bitcoin project. I know that not everyone in Bitcoin thinks like that. Like there are some, uh, some, some subset of the community that uh, are basically kind of like, you know, they're putting their heads in the sand and they uh, are rejecting even the data that, hey, look, Bitcoin is lagging behind on developer growth. Uh, but I think it's, it, it's, it's good to be self-aware. It's good to know like what your strengths are and what current weaknesses are and so that we can actually do some work about it. And I think Bitcoin has a ton of strengths, but developer traction is something that actually needs more attention. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Maneev. And thanks to everyone tuning in. If you enjoyed this content, definitely make sure that you're subscribed. Please like this video, leave us a comment with any feedback or questions, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot.